Happy Tuesday, fifth graders. Welcome to our very first podcast episode that is mainly going to sound a little bit like your typical read aloud at school. As you know, our time is precious and we have to make the best out of it. One of the most special moments in the classroom that we can all agree upon is those moments when we sit around in the whole group and listen to a story being read to us. There's nothing like that, right? Sitting and listening to a story being read out loud to you and discovering things together. Our hope is that with this podcast, this read aloud, that you can engage in that same type of work and joy at home. So let's get started with our very first read aloud. Our first read aloud of the year is going to be Front Desk by Kelly Yang. Now, before I get started, one of the things that we typically do in the classroom is we read the back blurb so we can get a sense of what on earth is going to be happening. And I'm not going to shy away from the things that we usually do in the classroom because we're trying to build that same experience here. Here's the back blurb from Front Desk. Mia Tang has a lot of secrets. Number one, she lives in a motel, not a big house. Every day, while her immigrant parents clean the rooms, 10-year-old Mia manages the front desk of the Calavista Motel and tends to its guests. Number two, her parents hide immigrants. And if the mean motel owner, Mr. Yao, finds out that they've been letting them stay in the empty rooms for free, the Tangs will be doomed. Number three, she wants to be a writer. How can she when her mom thinks she should stick to math because English is not her first language? It will take all of Mia's courage, kindness, and hard work to get through this year. Will she be able to hold on to her job help the immigrants and guests, escape Mr. Yao, and go for her dreams? Let's read together to find out more. Chapter One. My parents told me that America would be this amazing place where we could live in a house with a dog, do whatever we want, and eat hamburgers we were red in the face. So far, the only part of that we've achieved is the hamburger part, but I was still holding out hope. And the hamburgers here, they are pretty good. The most incredible burger I've ever had was at the Houston Space Center last summer. We weren't planning on eating there, as everybody knows that museum food is 50,000 times more expensive than outside food. But one whiff of the sizzling bacon as we passed by the cafe and my knees wobbled. My parents must have heard the howls in my stomach because the next thing I knew, my mother was rummaging through her purse for coins. We only had enough for one hamburger, so we had to share. But man, what a burger! It was a mile high with real bacon and mayonnaise and pickles. My mom likes to tease that I devour the whole thing in one gulp, leaving the two of them with only a little bit of crumbs. I'd like to think that I gave them more than that. The other thing that was great about that space center was the free air conditioning. 
We were living in our car that summer, which sounds like a lot of fun, but actually wasn't because our car's AC was busted. So after the burger, my dad parked himself in front of the vent and stayed there the entire rest of the time. It was like he was trying to turn his fingers into popsicles. My mom and I bounced from exhibit to exhibit instead. I could barely keep up with her. She was an engineer back in China, so she loves math and rockets. She oohed and awed over this module and that module. I wish my cousin Shed could have been there. He loves rockets too. When we got to the photo booth, my mother's face lit up. The booth took a picture of you and made it look like you were in real outer space. I went first. I put my head where the cardboard cutout was and smiled when they said, cheese. When it was my mom's turn to take her photo, I thought it'd be pretty funny to jump into her shot. The result was a picture of her in an astronaut suit hovering over Earth and me standing right next to her in my flip-flops doing bunny ears with my fingers. Mother's face crumpled when she saw her picture. She pleaded with the guy to let her take another one. He said, no can do, one picture per person. And for a second, I thought she was going to cry. We still have the picture. And every time I look at it, I wish I could go back in time. If I could do it all over again, I would not photobot my mom's picture. I'd give her more of my burger. Not, not the whole thing, you know, but definitely some more bites. At the end of the summer, my dad got a job as an assistant fryer at a Chinese restaurant in California. That meant we didn't have to live in our car anymore and we could actually move into a small one-bedroom apartment. It also meant my dad brought home fried rice from work every day. But sometimes, he'd also bring back big old blisters up and down his arm. He said they were just allergies, but I really didn't think so. I think he got them from buying food all day. My mom got a job in the front of the restaurant as a waitress. Everybody liked her and she got great tips. She even managed to convince the boss to let me go into the restaurant so that way she can look after her after school. My mother's boss was a wrinkly, white-haired Chinese man who reeked of garlic and didn't believe in wasting anything. Not cooking, not toilet paper, and certainly not free labor. You think you can handle waitressing, kid? He asked me. Yes, sir, I said. Excitement pulsated in my ear. My first job! I was determined to not let him down. There was just one problem. I was only nine then and needed two hands just to hold one dish steady. The other waitresses, they managed five plates at a time. Some didn't even need hands. They could put their plates on their shoulder. When the dinner rush came, I too loaded up my carrying tray with five dishes. Big mistake. As my small back gave in to the mountainous weight, all my dishes came crashing down. Hot soup splashed onto customers and fried prawns went flying across the restaurant. I was fired on the spot. And so was my mother. No amount of begging or promising to do the dishes for the next gazillion years would change the owner's mind. The whole way home, I fought tears in my eyes. I thought of my three cousins back home. None of them had ever gotten fired before. Like me, they were only children as well. In China, every child is an only child, ever since the government decided that all families are allowed only one. Since none of us had siblings, we were each other's siblings, and leaving them was the hardest part about leaving China. I didn't want my mom to see me cry in the car, but eventually that night, she heard me. She came into my room, sat on my bed. Hey, it's okay, she said in Chinese, hugging me tight. It, it's not your fault. She wiped a tear from my cheek. 
Through the thin walls, I could hear the sounds of husbands and wives bickering and babies wailing from the neighboring apartments, each one as cramped as ours. Mom? I asked her. Why did we come here? Why did we come to America? I repeated. My mother looked away and she didn't say anything for a long time. A plane flew overhead and the picture frames on the wall shook. She looked in my eyes. Because it's freer here, she finally said. Which didn't make any sense. Nothing was free in America. Everything was, was so expensive. But, 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 Mom? One day, you'll understand, she said, kissing the top of my head. Now go to sleep. I drifted to sleep thinking about my cousins and missing them and hoping they were missing me back. After my mother got fired from the restaurant, she got very serious about job hunting. She called it getting back on her horse. It was 1993 and she bought every Chinese newspaper she could find. She pored over the job section with a magnifying glass like a scientist. That's when she came across an unusual listing. A man named Michael Yao had put an ad out in the Chinese newspaper looking for an experienced motel manager. The ad said that he owned a little motel in Anaheim, California, and he was looking for someone to run the place. The job came with free boarding too. My mother jumped up and grabbed the phone. Our rent then cost almost my dad's entire salary. And who said things in America were free? To her surprise, Mr. Yao was equally enthusiastic. He didn't seem to mind that my parents weren't experienced and really liked the fact that they were a couple. Two people for the price of one, he joked in his thick Taiwanese accented Mandarin when he went over to his house the next day. My parents smiled nervously while I tried to stay as still as I could and not screw it up for them like I'd screwed up my mother's restaurant job. We were sitting in the living room of Mr. Yao's house, or rather, you know, his mansion, and I made myself look at the floor and not stare at the top of Mr. Yao's head, which was all shining under the light, like it had been painted in egg white. The door opened and a boy about my age walked in. He had on a t-shirt that said, I don't give a, and underneath it, a picture of a rat and a donkey. I raised an eyebrow. Jason, Mr. Yao said to the boy, please say hello. Hi, Jason muttered. My parents smiled at Jason. What grade are you in? They asked him in Chinese. Jason replied in English. I'm going into fifth grade. Ah, same as me, my mom said. She smiled at Mr. Yao. Your son's English is so good. And she turned to me. Hear that, Mia? There's no accent. My cheeks burned. I felt my tongue in my mouth like a limp lizard. Of course he speaks good English. He was born here, Mr. Yao said. He speaks native English. Native, I mouthed the word. I wondered if I worked really hard, would I also be able to speak native English one day? Or was that something completely off limits for me? I looked over at my mom who was shaking her head. Jason disappeared off to his room and Mr. Yao asked my parents if they had any questions. Uh, just to make sure we, we, we can live at the motel for free, my mom asked. Yes, Mr. Yao said. And, um, what about... My mom struggled to get the words out. She looked at herself, embarrassed to say it. Will we, will we also get paid? Oh, right, payment, Mr. Yao said, like it hadn't dawned on him at all. How's five dollars a customer? I glanced at my mom. I could tell that she was doing math in her head because she's always got that dreamy smile on her face when she's doing math. Thirty rooms at five dollars a room, that's a hundred and fifty dollars a night, my mom said, her eyes widening. She looked at my dad. That's a lot of money. It was a humongous amount of money. We could buy hamburgers every day. One for each of us. We wouldn't even need to share. 
When can you start? Mr. Yao asked. Uh, tomorrow, my mom and dad blurted out at the exact same time, and Mr. Yao laughed. As my parents got up to shake his hands, Mr. Yao muttered, I have to warn you, it's not the nicest motel in the world. My parents nodded. I could tell it made no difference to them what the motel looked like. It could look like the inside of a Greyhound bus toilet for all we cared. At $150 a day plus free rent, we were so in.